This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The pinch yourself moments for Ipswich Town fans continued midweek with a comeback victory against Premier League Wolves in the League Cup. Can the run continue on the road to Huddersfield? This is the Blue Monday podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up and up and up and up and up since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Ground Pub in Ipswich. We're here every weekend or ahead of every weekend game to give you the lowdown on Town's opponents. Join us live on YouTube or available on demand afterwards on podcast. And joining me as always to cast his expert eye over Town's opposition is Seb Brown. At least he's Digging up the research. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. I seem to sit here every week and you ask me how I am and it just gets better and better being a town fan, doesn't it? It's just it's oh. just so easy. It's brilliant. There's art. I've been reading an article downstairs in The Athletic all about are we the best side to watch in the country at the moment. It's just, yeah, we thought last season was good. This season's just gone up another level and, yeah, these are the days. We'll talk about Wolves and the Cup draw against Fulham shortly. We're obviously here mostly to talk about Huddersfield. Uh, on Saturday so we'll get to that as well but we are live we will say hello to folks Andrew for one is looking forward to this one let us know Andrew is there a specific reason apart from the fact that everything is going swimmingly at the moment do let us know you need to mark you need to Charlie Bluey is this fun ever going to end we hope not don't wake me up uh, Michael morning from Brisbane I know it's early days but how good is our team and how far can it go that's what everyone keeps asking um, Charlie it gets better and better what's the commentary what's that from it keeps getting better and better better and better yeah oh tell us in the chat out. out there yeah. is it Michael um, Owen I think it's the Michael Owen hat trick against yes, Germany yes it's John Watson against yeah, Germany yeah it's the 5-1 yeah. in Germany yeah great memory that's good stuff evening to Colin is here evening to Matt isn't life Wonderful at the moment, definitely. Uh, Charlie, plenty of press coverage as well, which I don't remember for a long, long time. If you're just before coming on air, a Telegram group was sharing a very salty article in the pink and who are obviously very worried. So, uh, yeah, whether that's press coverage or journalism or just uh, trolling and you know, clickbaity, we don't know. But yeah, good to see everyone boarding the hype train. Uh, some of us have been there for a while. Evening to Tony, looking for a 
refund for my season ticket just not enough excitement uh, i can commend to you the Ryder cup the tony this weekend um which i'm sure will be very exciting um paul Saunders, what a time to be alive fpl is with us as well um yeah, Paul's here, Town Life. I think that's Jules. Evening to Jules. He's changed his name there. Uh, Chris, uh, hello from New Zealand. A lovely place, lovely part of the world. Have you ever been to New Zealand? Have you ever gone to the Southern Hemisphere? I haven't. No, not that far. Then you went, didn't you? Go on a, on a gap couple year or something, time, a travelling uh, year? Yeah, yeah a couple of times to New Zealand. Yeah, heartily recommend it. Um, great to have you with us, Chris. Evening to Steve. Aidy's here as well. Um, <laughs> Rando one two three. All getting a bit silly now, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Sam is with us. Um, yeah, everyone's very excited and very happy. Seb. Well, let's continue the happy chat as I continue to go through the um, uh, the, the the messages from folks in the live chat. Thanks, Steve, for flagging. Yeah, I was I was on Gab um, Sutton's EFL debate last night, Seb, and the Wi-Fi cut out for the first time ever. Yours um, or Gab's? My Wi-Fi cut out. Oh my no! Brilliant. So if I disappear. Um, then you know that Seb is, you know, Seb's capable, isn't he? He'll, if he'll... you disappear, I can't, I'm not an admin. I can't close the chat. So it just stays like this forever and ever. Yeah. Please come back. That was a bit of a joke there. For the folks, folk on the podcast wouldn't have seen that one. But yeah, um, yeah. So check that out. Also check out Dave. He was on Naked Footy this week. Um, similarly, buoyant mood. Um, and to get, to get GB in uh, buoyant mood takes, takes a hell of a lot. So um yeah, good stuff there um, for for Dave and Naked Footy. Um, should we just talk about Fulham and the draw now, Seb? I'll, I'll quickly, we haven't talked obviously on the pod about Wolves yet. There was a point in that first half, and I, I don't know if you were able to follow the game because they don't stream it, which is nuts, by the way. It's stupid. If, yeah, why can't I watch? It's 2023. Why, as a wait, fan who can't get to the game, why can't I watch it? Let's, let's, let's do this properly. One, <laughs> Or long-standing viewers of the pre-match show, you'll know what that theme is for. Seb, um, Football Room 101, what are you putting in there right now? Why do Carabao not want people to have eyes on the product they're delivering? It's really, really stupid. Being a town fan away from the, the Suffolk area, I couldn't go there, obviously, and there was no way to, to watch it, I believe. I, I guess I could have tried to work out a way to watch it in a different country, but I'm no good at that kind of stuff. So, yeah, really frustrating. Why don't they have stupid. a match on... Match Let's on call it what it with, is. A, with a red button and let us all watch it. It's stupid. Yeah, it is stupid is the word for it. Not only from Carabao's perspective, because you'd want your brand to be out there, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the banners all around the side of the stadium. Carabao can use it as a massive marketing exercise. Yeah, and they've probably got fairly decent, fairly decent coverage for it. It just seems really stupid. If they, they clearly got the, Sky must have the rights because they showed the Newcastle Man well, City a... game. Fair enough. So just do a red button for the rest of it. Yeah, exactly right. We, so we were sat. Um, I I went with Dave, and I took I took my brother-in-law Tom, who's a Cole U fan, and his dad, who I think is a little bit of a Cole U fan, maybe not as hardcore as Tom, and um, a bit of care in the community there. They've obviously had a bit of a miserable couple of years, so I thought I'd you know show them what it was like. But there was a there was a like a big camera gantry, um, not a gantry, yeah. like a, what, the crow's nest or whatever, with a big camera swinging around in it. And you kind of think, well, someone's watching this game somewhere. It can't just be for the highlights. Um, so figure it out, League Cup. It's just nonsense. Sort it out. Yeah. Sort it out. Um, but, Seb, um, uh, my brother-in-law and his dad and Dave and I watched a really frenetic opening 10 minutes and you kind of thought, oh, wow, this is um, this is real stuff now. We've kind of had the step up from Championship the last few weeks, haven't we? And we've seen Leeds kind of be quite 
merciless about their clinical finishing. We saw a little bit of it, uh, to be fair, from Blackburn too, didn't we? But Wolves 2-0 up within a few minutes and you kind of think, wow, you know, this could be, let's keep it, keep the score down and see what we can do. That was kind of my word to Dave. But suddenly, Seb, this team just doesn't know yeah. when it's beat. It's crazy. It's- Exactly sure. right. This team does. Like Marcus Harness. I watched his interview after the after the event, and he said, "Yeah, we well, you know we don't know when we beat. I guess a few people in the crowd probably thought we might be in for a bit of a long night here, two 0 down against the Premier League side. Albeit they made a load of changes, but you've still got some really really experienced international players in that side. And yeah, we seem to just respond to anything that's thrown on, thrown in our way at the moment. And yeah, I mean, great goals all round to get us back in the game. Oh. I think equalising by halftime was, was important, wasn't it? You know, 2 0 down relatively early on. The two goals pulled back before half time kind of make it a real concert in the second half. And my God, that Jack Taylor goal. I must have watched that 20 or 30 times since, <laughs> since Tuesday night. It's an absolute, what a, what a hit. Yeah, yeah. Have, have you seen a better goal? Of, I mean, you, you sadly you weren't Le- there Leighton, in first. Against Le- Leighton Baines is one that always gets referred to, doesn't it? You know, the one in the the uh, two thousand and four Christmas two thousand and four game where you go top of the league by beating Wigan. Um, but yeah, for for from a town player point of view, the, the passing before it, the hit. We had discussions in our Blue Monday WhatsApp group about terminal velocity, trying to work out you know at what point <laughs> was did weird. it hit its, its maximum speed and stuff. It was just a hell of a strike, an amazing hit by uh, by by Taylor. And yeah, shame I shame I. Could couldn't watch it. Thanks, Carabao. Yeah, screw you, Carabao. No, I, I didn't mean that. Um, we love you. No, uh, uh, worth noting as well. You know, there was uh, as much as Wolves made ten changes. There was still um, Bubakar Traore, their number six, who I quite like. Ten million quid. Uh, Johnny Otto, um, winger. I think it might have been fullback that night. Eighty million quid. Um, Huang, the uh, striker who scored the first goal, thirty million quid. Um, Kalashnitsch, the the forward who kind of ran a bit like Miles Kenlock, he cost them 50 million quid. So they started off mm. the bench. They had Nori, who's 10 million quid, Cunha, 34 million quid, Fabio Silva, 35 million quid, and Jao Gomez, 15 million quid. So to quote a Mick McCarthy, which is obviously a nice coincidence given it was Wolves, no mugs. You know, this is a Premier League squad. I know they're on yeah. the transition, and, you know, Gary O'Neill has, you know, had his things to say after the game but let's not underestimate that this is Ipswich's second string we'll talk more specifically about one player in a second because Rob's talked about him but just the context of of that win Seb the style of it coming from behind the two goal deficit Wolves seemingly looked like they were going to run away with it and to turn it around and to be pretty comfortable second half as well I just it just speaks volumes of what this team is doing right now, doesn't it? You know, I know we we generally don't read into preseason friendlies and we don't try to read too much into League Cup games, but actually the fact that all of these second string players or fringe players, if we to be fair to them, you know, Elkin Baggett came in as well, George Edmondson came in, to put in that kind of performance really speaks volumes of what we're doing right now, isn't it? It does. It shows the unity throughout the squad. It shows the the, the the excellence of the coaching that you've got players who are maybe playing 90 minutes once every four or five weeks. The moment can come in and, okay, dodgy opening, what, 10, 12 minutes maybe, but after that, get straight back into their stride. And what I really loved was after the game, the Harness interview, he came out, didn't he, and said, you know, we've done that one now. The job now is to support the boys going into the, the weekend game. You know, that those players know they're not going to probably start um, at the McAlpine on Saturday, but they'll be in and around the squad. And therefore, it's vital that they, uh, it's vital that they can kind of contribute when they're called upon and look forward and prepare to the game against Fulham in the next round. It, it just shows, you know, this season we've faced, you know, established championship sides. We've faced two parachute sides. We've now faced reserves of a Premier League, of an established Premier League side who you just reeled off the values of their kind of reserve squad. And 
no matter at the moment what is in our way, you know, McKenna and the coaching and the squad just seem to be able to rise to the occasion. And it's just, yeah, we spoke about it at the start of the show. The guys have spoken about it in the chat. To be a town fan right now is absolutely exceptional because no matter what is put in front of us, we answer, we deliver. No fear, no fear. Uh, Rob's put, uh, what's happened to Harness? Well, we Harness is working very hard. Excellent when he came on on Saturday and then three assists Tuesday night. Good to see. I mean, this is, again, we bemoaned maybe the, the pizza cup last season and all that kind of stuff. The, you know, the, that tournament really isn't going to give a huge amount of, of useful minutes for, for league action, but the league cup certainly is the opposition certainly is. And harness really took his opportunity. I mean, he, he himself kind of suggested that the assist for the third is probably a little <laughs> bit, you know, tenuous given it's just a sideways pass. But the assist for the first goal to uh, for Hutchinson round just inside his man, yep. Hutchinson puts the afterburners on. Was really classy, really like that. Um, and Harness it, to me typifies what you want. You know, hard working player. You know, he's got to develop a little bit more maybe to become a starter. But he's still contributing, isn't he? And has got the right attitude, as you say. So to Rob's point, great to see it, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a few years ago, you know, you kind of drip, drip squad players in and maybe they look a little bit disinterested and they don't really get up to speed. But, you know, Harness deserves that reward of those three assists for the hard work he puts in Monday to Friday. OK, he might not feature on the on, on, on the weekend. There were a couple of game weeks. He seemed to be the odd man out on the bench with no word of injury. Ladapo as well. You know, he's now got, what, four, three, four goals for the season. And that's their reward for the, you know, the great work they're putting in during the week. They're obviously, you know, it's an exceptional bunch. We know that. We know the, the, the character of the squad is crucial. McKenna's spoken about that in the past. Ashton's spoken about it in the past. If you can get those right characters into your squad, then you can have nights like this because the you know that that goodwill, that teamwork, that loyalty, that bond kind of manifests itself throughout the entire playing team. And no matter who comes onto the t- onto the pitch, you know they're going to be so well drilled because McKenna's going to have that into them and their their character and their personality and their professionalism means you get results like the other night. Yeah, a lot of love for for Bagger. A lot of love for Edmondson as well. I, I yep. thought he grew into the game and got stuck in as well. He, he took a few knocks, and given he's coming back from injuries, I thought that was really important. And that's thought, great, right? Because he was at fault, wasn't he, for the Reading in the previous round? You know, he gets done sure. on the touchline in the 89th minute, yeah, whatever it is, and they score the equaliser. So brilliant for him to come back in and hopefully, you know, get a get a good a good 90 minutes under his belt on his comeback from injury and get back to that player that we saw a couple of years ago. Uh, briefly, thoughts on Fulham in the next round, home home draw. Yeah, hashtag winnable, I think would be the term. You know, they made seven changes for their game uh, against Norwich in uh, in midweek. Change, oh, what was the score? 2-1. Do they win, do they? Yeah, Fulham, that's Norwich. why we're playing Fulham. Fulham beat Norwich 2-1. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm just labouring the point. Right. Yeah. So that would have been fun to play in Norwich under the lights in a couple of weeks' time. But anyway, but Fulham made seven changes there. What mid-table in the Prem? They're going to have no real designs. I wouldn't have thought on the on the League Cup this weekend, uh, this this season. You know. Dave spoke, I think maybe Joe spoke about it on the was it the flagship show saying sides at that level kind of see, almost see the, the League Cup as a bit of an inconvenience. You know, the Premier League is their be all and end all because of the the the, the, the rewards for staying in the in, in in the league. So I think they'll make a lot of changes again. It will still be a very experienced squad. You know, Fulham's reserve side is going to be up there with Wolves' reserve side, but it's winnable. I guess we'll have a few interesting squad selections the deeper we go into the competition, and it's a real chance to it must be the, the quarters after round this round, yeah. is it? Yeah, quarterfinals. Yep. So it's a real chance to get into the quarterfinals. And crucially, it's a home game. And I would have loved, you know, Everton away for selfish reasons, Man United away, selfish reasons. But a home game in those three game weeks can make all the difference, can't it? Yeah, McKenna seemed positive in that respect as well. So yeah, yeah home home tie will be good. I think Colin said earlier, you know, it should be good good numbers as well. So yeah, bring it on. And a lot of Premier League teams drew each other 
um, Don Goodman did his best, according to the Sunderland fans, to kind of concoct it. <laughs> no, he didn't. Um, so a lot of Premier League teams facing off against each other, which means, you know, those Premier League teams won't be going through to the next round as well. So, yeah, it does suddenly open up, doesn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. Could be a could be a very memorable season. Anyway, let's <laughs> let's continue, shall we? Before I get too ahead of myself, we've mentioned um, bits and pieces around. Uh, Dave was on Naked Footy. Uh, I was on Gab's EFR debate, talking about the same kind of stuff. And um, before we get into Huddersfield, worth noting if you were thinking about it, because ITFC women Seb one eight nil at the weekend. Natasha almost got four goals. They are going great guns. Lucy O'Brien making a return as well from injury, got an assist, I think, or at least two it may be a two assist as well so that's really great to see uh they've got a weekend off uh, they were supposed to play Cheltenham again in the in the league cup but Cheltenham told them before the game it wasn't after the game that they didn't fancy the trip back up so um yeah ITFC women have got a, a weekend off so we can focus all of our attention on the men's team and Huddersfield where it's a little bit of change isn't it it is, yeah. So it's all changing of the guard. The the legend that is Neil oh, Warnock has, has moved on. I'm sure come January, February time, his phone will ring and someone will offer him to come out of retirement for the sixth or seventh time, whatever it's going to be. But he's shuffled off from the McAlpine. And Darren Moore, a familiar friend slash adversary from last year, has, has gone in there. And yeah, two years ago, they were riding high. They finished third in the league and battled with Forrest in the playoff final. They lost that game, obviously. And since then, it's been kind of a, you know, a bit of a a bit of a drop down the table and Warnock had to come in last year to save them. He's moved on. Is it a big job for well, we'd say Darren Moore's one of football's nicest characters, I would say. Is it a you know big shoes to fill? It's a big job to go into. He's got a uh, he's got a bit of a tough gig there, I think. Yeah, we'll talk more about Darren Moore in a bit. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting situation with Huddersfield. We'll talk about the recruitment as well in the summer. That was a bit challenging and maybe a maybe a, a factor in Warnock's departure. I think he wanted more money and I th- think yeah. was promised a budget and it turned out it was a budget not only for transfers, but actually for new contracts with players as well. But there's some threats in this team as well. Um, you know, they are... 17th at the moment as you say and we'll talk about the kind of the, the form and, and the situation there at the moment but this new manager bounce is something that we need to be wary of Coventry obviously experienced that to an extent on Monday although early days it was a game of not really a game of two halves I didn't think Coventry were particularly good and they're struggling a little bit which is a surprise given all of their recruitment but uh, more is definitely tweak something at half time and um, there was a change of system as well so it's one where you know it's a I don't want to say the word banana skin because it's a tough league, isn't it? But there's lots of question marks yeah. and variables there that you know we need to be on our game to make sure we um to get that result. Give us a give us kind of a rundown of how the season has gone under Warnock so far. Well, as you said, they're currently sat 17th in the league with nine points from the eight games played. They've won two, drawn three, lost three, only scored nine goals, so certainly not prolific, conceded 13. The home form, obviously relevant for us going there on the weekend, is four points from four games. They've won one, drawn one, and lost two, only scored four goals at home and conceded seven. Recent form is reasonable. They're four unbeaten, two draws, two wins and a defeat in the last five games. Neil Warnock signed off with a 2-2 uh, at home to, to Stoke. Did you see that great, that Stoke fans giving him grief and he yeah. just waved at them in the last minute? Yeah, he loves that. Yeah, so he signed off. Darren Moore came in and like you said, he started his kind of reign at Huddersfield on, on Monday night with an away game at Coventry. Got a pretty decent one-all draw, you know, just don't lose in your first game as, last a, minute, as, a, as a manager going in. Like you said, he changed things. He bloody things. loves he, a last-minute goal, doesn't he, Darren? He does. His last three games, obviously, were that one in the 94th minute. The playoff final was 124th minute and obviously the playoff semi-final was 95 minutes or something so yeah he's uh he's had a bit of drama in his last three games hasn't he but yeah solid a solid point away from home and he'll also be looking to to build on that going into this weekend 
And a lot of people, us included, we did, we obviously did our preseason predictions um, and did um, and weren't particularly optimistic. It was kind of the Warnock effect would kind of yeah maybe offset a little bit of the deficiencies in the squad. Uh, Taught us about last season, which was a little bit of a struggle. Well, in the preseason that you, you, me, and Gab did, I had them to survive. But I'll be honest, that was basically based on the fact that Warnock was there. You know, I, I, yeah. I would probably revisit that now he's moved on. Last season, they finished 18th with 53 points. They finished nine clear of the relegation spots in the end. They win their last three games of the season, which gets them across the line. It's one of these clubs like we've spoken about with the last few weeks with with managerial turmoil throughout the season. They have three different managers. Danny Schofield starts the season. He gets sacked after nine games. Mark Fotheringham comes in. He takes 21 games between South September and February. He then gets sacked with the club. I think they were 23rd, one point off safety. Neil Warnock came in. He does what Neil Warnock does, obviously. He returned to the club 28 years after leaving them to move <laughs> on to Plymouth. They were 23rd when he took over. He won seven of the final 15 games, including two three-game winning runs, which could be crucial when you're down there, you know, to get nine points on the bounce when you're at that level, uh, when you're in those kind of relegation scraps could be absolutely crucial. And he sees them safe. And, you know, he, it was only meant to be a short term deal to the end of the season there's a takeover in the summer a new american owner comes in and he signs a i think it was a one-year deal for mm. for this year and yeah i guess he clearly expected to be there a lot a lot longer than getting past game week seven he's done some stuff in the press where apparently there was a plan if they could find a long-term kind of appointment they would look to bring him in and neil would naturally step aside but i think even he said it came a bit early he was expecting it to become a december january time um and yeah read into that what you will should we should we skip forward and, and talk about Darren Moore then before we kind of talk about the history against against us? You know, we we know Darren Moore p- pretty well. He's actually got not a too bad a record as a manager against us, but has some unfortunate moments. His, his last game in charge of Doncaster, his last game in charge of West Brom came against us. Um, that game for Doncaster was the only defeat actually he's experienced as a manager against us. And obviously last season... We couldn't defeat his Sheffield Wednesday team, albeit we probably should have at, at least at Hillsborough. Yeah. Um, a, a good guy, a, clearly a, yeah. a motivator um, and a galvanizer. But I think entertainer, yeah, uh, sessions. But probably the big question mark, Seb. You know, I mean, Neil Warnock is is not too dissimilar. You know, he he's a galvanizer. He, you know, he's a he's a character, isn't he? He's going to build a dressing room and and try and, and get that team spirit up. You know, despite maybe the odds being against them. Probably that's the big question mark for me is whether Darren Moore can do that. It's not his squad. He hasn't got a transfer window for another few months. Um, clearly had some level of impact at Coventry, but you wonder whether this is kind of the early new manager kind of bounce situation where the players want to make an impression or whether Darren Moore has got some alchemy there and or, you know has figured out a strategy because I wasn't a massive fan of him at Sheffield Wednesday. I never really thought it was a fit. He went on this unbelievable record, didn't he? And yeah, I mean, but once it went wrong, when it went wrong, he didn't really show a huge amount of tactical acumen for me to try and change things. And really, you know, they, the the Peterborough game was great, um, but it was sheer force of will rather than being tactically good, wasn't it? Hillsborough's we know is a fearsome place to go for anyone. Yeah. Um, so you'd you know you can throw you know all caution to the wind in the second leg against Peterborough, but to me they kind of fell across the line. Clearly, he's been really classy about the situation with Sheffield Wednesday and the parting of ways there. But the big question, and I think it's what Huddersfield fans are kind of asking themselves, is he the man who's going to keep him away from the relegation zone in the championship, which is it's a pretty tall order, isn't it? 
Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, there there were times, weren't they, in the uh, in the, the home game, the two two, where we were in such ascendancy, and Moore didn't seem to change anything. So I guess you have to question: Is he capable tactically, the same kind of level that maybe a Warnock, more of an old school manager, might make several changes within game? Do you remember like when Mick was in charge of us, and we'd see four or five different systems throughout a ninety minute period as he would tweak things in game? Is Moore going to give you that? I mean, he's he's clearly everyone thinks of him as being one of the nicest people in football. You know, I think he deserves real credit for that turnaround in the in the, in the playoff semi as well. I know you said it was, you know, force of will and Hills were in a cauldron, but even straight after the final whistle at London Road, you know, he was calm about the situation, said we need to we need to look this through, we need to regroup. And I think that calming influence can almost can have a really positive effect on, you know, mm-hmm. on players and stuff. He, he's a galvanizer, like you said, he'll look to bring together the the club. He did a pretty good job of that with Wednesday, you know, across the two seasons, his record was really, really impressive. You know, the points per game was 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 amazing. And as we know last year, 96 points probably wins you the league any other any other season. So I think he deserves credit for that. I guess the question marks would be he couldn't keep West Brom in the Premier League, albeit somewhat unlucky. Didn't really Try have to. much of a stab at that. Yeah. Sheffield Wednesday, he couldn't keep them up. But again, there was a points deduction, wasn't there? So there last are kind day of as well. Yeah, yeah, mitigating circumstances at Derby away on the last day and a points deduction thrown in there. So it's a it's a challenge for him. I'm, I'm glad he's got a chance to go to a you know a championship club. I think he deserves it. After last season, and you know, yeah, we, we we wish him well because he is a, you know, he always comes across such a such a classy person, such a nice person, and yeah, hopefully he'll do well for them. But it's a big ask, I think, because when you go through the squad, we'll we'll discuss some of the players in a bit. It's not a squad linked with quality, is he? I guess last year, you know, if if things aren't working, he can rely on a moment of magic from Barry Bannon, you know, can't hey. he? Whereas. Barry Bannon, he plays for Sheffield Wednesday. Okay. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a central midfielder. Didn't uh, see I think him a few Sky... weeks ago. Sorry, Keith. No, no. I, th- I think Sky have mentioned him once or twice in their coverage of Wednesday over the last uh, the last uh, few months or so. But yeah, so uh, is he going to have that kind of player which he can fall back on if things aren't working out in that squad? I'm not sure, but wish him well because I, I do like him. I'm really glad he's got a good uh, a good championship gig. Yeah, uh, and clearly he had an impact, as we said, on Monday night at Coventry. And let's talk about our history and some of the interactions with us. I've got, I do have a commentary quiz, by the way, this week. It has returned. Um, so I will do that in a second. But give us the history. I mean, before we say anything, when we ever, whenever we talk about Huddersfield, we have to talk about Marcus Stewart. Um, yeah. So I've just said it. I mean, what can we, what more can we say that hasn't already been said about Marcus Stewart? Legends, my favorite Ipswich Town player, probably your second favorite Ipswich Town player. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big Jono fan, obviously. So Johnson won for me, Stuart number two. Just absolute class. You know, I still don't understand. I know it's 23 years later. I still can't understand why Huddersfield would possibly have sold him to us given the position we were in and the position they were in. But yeah, uh, absolutely amazing player. And obviously, wish him all the best with uh, with his health issues at the moment. Yeah, and, and but there's a flip reverse for that as well, isn't there? Because Jordan Rhodes is a player with connections for both <laughs> teams as well, isn't he? And yeah. they probably got a little bit of revenge on us for that one. Yes, potentially. Yeah, I mean, the overall record between the two sides is 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 you know we we've got the overall kind of the the, the better of the two. Twenty two ITFC wins, nine draws, fourteen Huddersfield wins. Huddersfield have won the uh, the last couple. I was doing what I always do for this, where I look at the last games between the two, and it's I don't know if it's my age or if it's just a a blank spot in my ITFC history, but. I have no recollection of either game the last time we faced him. It was the 2016-2017 season. We lose 2-0 at the McAlpine in January. Izzy Brown and Christian Schindler score the goals. ITFC gave debuts to Kiefer Moore and Jordan Spence. What a, what a time to be a fan. And then earlier in the game in the season, back in uh, back in the, the start of the year, 2016, in, um, in Pullman Road, we lose 1-0 again. Christian Schindler scored again. And ITFC, so Huddersfield went top that day, and we were on a run of two wins in 11. 
So yeah, good times, but I couldn't tell you anything. My brain is a bit weird. I can remember random football stuff from years, like the Michael Owen commentary we referred to 20 minutes ago, but I have absolutely no recollection of either of those games at all. Do you? No, not at all. The no. only one that I can think of, and I remember you going to it, was didn't Paul Anderson score a worldie oh. at Huddersfield? Worldie, yeah, that was that must have been 2014-ish, 2-0. I think Murphy scored as well. And yeah, Paul Anderson cuts inside onto his left foot and absolutely bends one into the top corner. It was a an absolutely great hit. I think that was the year we finished just outside the playoffs. Yeah. Should we uh, should we do the quiz? I, I want you to yeah, I mean I won't say too much more because it's do I say what it is out loud or do you wait for later well, on? I'll, 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 we'll, we'll give it a gap. We'll let people put their thinking caps on. I want to know okay. the game, you know, the season and the score and the kind of, yeah, any any other work, any other extra credit you want as well um, for it. So uh, here we go. Apologies if it's loud. It shouldn't be. We should, let's see. Clapham tangling with Gore. His ground is working well down that left-hand side with Jamie Clapham. Holland, and now Scowcroft, goal number 13 for the season for James Scowcroft. Oh yeah, I want to know the fixture, any others, uh, the season, and any other exciting things that people want to have, and we'll come back to that, I'll give you the answer in a bit, um, but any other Ipswich Huddersfield memories you want to share, Seb? No, the last no. win there at the... What is it now? The It's not the McAlpine anymore. John Smith, that's it, it. No, it's the John Smith, isn't it? Well, I know it's the McAlpine. But yeah, the last win at the uh, the John Smiths uh, was when Ben Pringle scored the winning goal. Do you remember him on loan from yes. Charlton, I want to say? Uh, he scored the winning goal in February 2016. So the season before the two games we've just discussed, that was our last one win there, a 1-0 one, one win. Eric Clapton there has mentioned Colin Quainer. Yeah, what a, uh, yeah, what a signing he was. <laughs> did it right to be fair four goals i guess in a, in a yeah. really crap side i was at bolton when he scored twice and yeah he gave me oh, one yeah, smile yeah. that season yeah we scored that winner at leeds as uh, home to leeds as well oh, of course day, yeah, yeah in the last minute wasn't it yeah of course and yeah. we thought league one would be a fun nine months we did well let's let's go back to Huddersfield then let's talk about this team and, and maybe some of the the key the key men the key names um in terms of arrivals one name that jumps out for me is player i bloody love uh, Rotherham had these really quality central midfielders under Paul Warren. Dan Barlazer was one. Ben Wiles was another. He's now at Huddersfield, Seb. Yeah, joined on a free transfer. Links to us in the summer as well, I think. Yeah, you went into Huddersfield, and that's a that's a good bit of business. Like you say, he's a decent player at uh, Rotherham, and he's got He's gone in there. Tom Edwards is coming on loan from Stoke. He's a right back. Chris Maxwell is kind of the reserve goalkeeper coming on a free from Blackpool. And Delano Burzog is coming on loan from Mainz. He's kind of a left winger, but he's been filling in up front recently so no fees paid this summer read into mr warnock's departure what you will with the uh, the transfer strategy and i guess throughout the summer they were desperate for a striker when they desperate for a number nine a, a proper out and out striker given the imbalance of the squad and i guess they but but the fact they let we'll, we'll discuss the, the departures in a minute but to let, yeah, to, to let jordan rhodes go on loan to blackpool scored a hat-trick last weekend and to let tyree simpson go on loan to northampton that to me would suggest that well either it's wage issues and you've got to shed some cash off the books player attitudes. Maybe I don't know, but you wouldn't let two strikers, especially Jordan Rhodes. I know he's not the player he was, but you know, experience can, can play, you know, lead the line very well at this level. I'm surprised you'd let those kind of players walk out the door without having a body ready to, ready to come in. So that, that one surprised me a little bit. The other, the other bit of business in the summer, the key departure was Etienne Kamara who went to Udinese for 2 million quid. So expect to see him at Watford at some point in the next 18 months, I would guess. Uh, But yeah, that money wasn't, Respent, was it? 
No, no money spent. They, um, yeah, I guess Rhodes would still have been on a, a fairly decent wage. But then he's gone to Blackpool, so I can't imagine they'd be covering that much in, in at League One level. So it's a strange one to let those people kind of walk out the walk out the door without bringing in tailor made replacements. But that might have been part of the you know the argument between Neil Warnock and the, and the ownership again. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, let's talk about what Darren Moore's got available at his disposal. That It was, we we keep talking every every week, that most teams at this level have, have kind of got a, a variation of the 4-2-3-1 system that we, we like to play. But it was a three, wasn't it? I, I think Moore started with a three. I don't know if it ended as a three on Monday night, but maybe that's the way he goes, you think? Well, he did it at Sheffield Wednesday, didn't he? So, you know, Warnock was a 4-2-3-1 for most of this season. He played a back three once. He actually played the back three last season on quite a few occasions to quite a lot of success. But we know that, you know, Darren Moore likes a, a three at the back system. It's what we saw at League One level. And it's what he went with on Monday night against Kov. Um, we could, you know, there might be defensive, but there might be uh, injury issues in that. They're missing a couple of players. They're very light up front at the moment, which we'll, we'll come on to and discuss with their their kind of squad availability issues. But he's changed it to a back three straight away. Went a lot more direct, I noticed, in the second half against Coventry to try and bypass their press. Um, so given how intense we are at pressing, don't be, don't be surprised if they start going long out from the back. And just a note on two of the centre arse. I mean, they're kind of, you know, Neil Warnock will like big physical players throughout his side, but their two centre backs, Michael Hellick uh, and Ma- Matthew Pearson, are both six foot three. So expect a bit of a battle at that back three as well. Yeah, Ariel, a good, good game for George Hurst, who I thought didn't get any protection from the referee on Tuesday against Wolves. I know that we were debating it in the Telegram, and our, our mate Sean was suggesting that Hurst likes a little bit of a grab and a, and a backing him, but not all of those, I think, were. I think he should have got a little bit more protection. So it'll be interesting to see how he copes copes with them, assuming it is George Hurston. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Um, yeah, we, we kind of no surprises really about the style of play, Seb, either. No, not so far under Warnock. It might change under Darren Moore, but so far, 231 short passes per game is the second lowest in the league. 78 long balls so far this season is the highest in the league. Seven successful crosses per game is the highest in the league as well. So Warnock-style football, you know, get the crosses in, get the ball forward. Don't worry too much about ticky-tacky at the back. And under Darren Moore, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, a lot of their stats for kind of passing accuracy and and short passes were kind of 10th, 11th, 12th in the league last year, whereas they obviously finished third. So it's not a side like us who are looking to, you know, control possession and, and kind of move things around quickly with short passing styles. It can be very much get the ball kind of back to front quickly and get the front men and the wide players involved. 
Yep. Um, just a, a correction. Thank you to the folks in the chat. Hello to Josh. Um, Wiles was bought on an undisclosed fee. It wasn't. Oh, I thought it was a free. Oh, my mistake. I thought it was a free. So thank you, Josh. For Sometimes the research will be false. Uh, yeah, well, they, we, uh, we, we always say that we, this is a bit of a crowdsourcing situation here. So if we do go wrong, let us know. But yeah, uh, a fee spent and maybe it was some of that 2 million quid. Uh, some key players, some, some names. There's some familiar names in there as well. Josh Caroma is a name that jumps out for me. Um, should we focus on the key men, Seb? Because it's there's, there's only two yeah. really that I wanted to talk about. One was Jack Radoni. I'll, I'll give a bit of detail on him. But yeah, Sorber Thomas, probably the one that jumps out. You mentioned the seven successful crosses per game being the highest in the league. I suspect they are all by him, aren't they? Yeah, I would presume so. He was the star man a couple of years ago, wasn't he, when they went on that kind of playoff run. He didn't start against Coventry. I guess, you know, in a three-at-the-back system, you know, kind of a you know winger slash inside forward. Yeah. In a three-at-the-back system, he's got to play a wing-back role to kind of utilise his talents. And I guess maybe the defensive side of the game isn't what he wants to be doing. But I'd say he's their key man. I, he, he did come on and have quite a decent effect. He was a constant threat on Monday night, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if he comes in and starts on, on Saturday. He's got one goal, two assists so far this season. He's got the third-highest expected assists uh, in the championship per 90 minutes so far as i said he was a star man a couple of years ago he got 11 assists that season the year they finished third and lost to forest in the playoffs and i think he'll i think he'll certainly feature on saturday but i, I would if i was a betting man i would expect him to start against us I, i'd be starting him he's he's there he was jacob powley did some research for us about every team ahead of the season and we picked out silver thomas as their threat yeah. and you know weird stuff like this blackburn who we obviously know very well from last last week um Near the playoffs, scored quite a lot of goals last season. They they took Silver Thomas on loan yeah. from Huddersfield for the second half of the season, and he was their top assist maker with eight. So that tells you all about Silver Thomas. I like Jack Rudoni. I thought he was really excellent on Monday night at Coventry. Actually, got stuck in, get gets involved, and um, maybe needs to. Yeah, he's he's got two goals so far this season, no assists though, um, but can play anywhere kind of in that central midfield situation there, maybe drops deeper or can even push on and definitely had a kind of a bit of a free role there. Folk might, might remember him from his time at AFC Wimbledon, but yeah, he scored four goals in his Huddersfield career so far, but half of those have been scored in the eight games so far this season. So he's definitely one to watch out and look out for. Only 22, I quite like him, bustling central midfielder. Um, I, I'm not sure I, who I could compare him to. Um, but yeah, those are probably the two to, to look out for. Anyone else that Danny Ward is probably another name that folk might remember, striker. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a doubt. Yeah, he's got an Achilles problem, so he's kind of 50 50 as to whether or not he'll feature or so. Just one note um, forgive me, my script has deleted the poor kid's name, but they have a six foot nine striker on the bench who they bought on against Coventry at the weekend. It's Kyle something, uh, forgive me. Um, but he's, uh, yeah, if it's not going their way, expect to see the six foot nine lad thrown on towards the end to act as a bit of a focal point up front. Let me see if I can help you out there with the name because it's H. Carl Hatton, Carl Heighton, something. Ian that's Carl, or Carl Hudlin. Carl Hudlin, I'm sure it is. Yeah, six foot nine. He's he's an absolute giant. So if the game's not going well, he's relatively young. Played in non-league most of his career so far. So if the game isn't going well, then yeah, they'll throw him on to uh, to launch the ball Set forward. Piece danger. Yes, exactly right. Uh, any other bits and pieces you want to deal with uh, with uh, Huddersfield? I don't think so. No, just the is normal roundup stats, stats wanna... that yeah that prove they're kind of where they are. The four goals scored at home is the joint fourth worst in the league. Thirty-eight point eight possession is the fifth lowest. They don't keep the ball. They don't score that many goals. The passing accuracy he's atrocious 64.8% is the worst in the league they're strong in the air as you would expect from a Warnock side and as you would expect with 
six foot nine kids on the bench and six foot three centre backs. Twenty two aerials one is the third best game in the uh, third best in the league, and their fourth dribbles is per game is the lowest in the league. That surprised me a little bit with Sorba Thomas because I kind of remember him as a you know uh, a winger that likes to take people on. So I was surprised at that one, but yeah, a lot of the stats are kind of relegation zone territory, which is where most of us kind of thought they might end up if Warnock couldn't produce a miracle. Yeah, yeah. Let's um let's finish off with the commentary quiz. Then we've got a few punts in here. Get them in quite uh, now. Philip Blunder's going for ninety eight or ninety nine. Um, FPL Tractor has gone ninety nine two thousand. Huddersfield at home. That wasn't three one. That was three one. And here's Dave Diamond. Yeah, lingering in the chat like a ninja uh, with suggesting a two one. Stewart's home debut. Um, and then FPL concedes that he might be right. Yeah. Um, and I think. I think that is, well, certainly it's correct, everyone. Um, and I thought I would share the Marcus Stewart goal as well, just because Seb bloody loves it. Um, and the, the moment everything changed. Didn't Jono miss a penalty? He missed day, a penalty. So. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to bring that. Yeah, he missed yeah. a penalty. Uh, so here's... here's... Magilton bottled it. Magilton waved him away. <laughs> Magilton was meant to take it. Isn't this weird how my brain works? I remember Magilton was tying his shoelaces and kept going like that for somebody else to take it. And, Johnson being the man he was, grabbed the ball and took responsibility and then promptly decided to miss it. Yeah. Let's have a look at the uh, the commentary goal and the, the moment that followed it. Clapham tangling with Gore. Here's Brown, he's working well down that left-hand side with Jamie Clapper. Holland! And now Scowcroft! Goal number 13 for the season for James Scowcroft. Here's Clapham. Now Stewart. Oh yes, Marcus Stewart. It just had to happen. It had to happen. Marcus Stewart against his old club. Such a good goal by Stewart, isn't it? I mean, it yeah, no the way he finds the space, the, the touch he takes to kill the ball and then to find the bottom corner, yeah, absolute class. At that point, I think we knew. Because obviously he'd scored the weekend before, hadn't he, away yeah. at Barnsley, but that was an away game. So not many of us had, had, had seen that. But yeah, I think at that point we knew, wow, we've really got one here. Not many instances of, because I just feel we're hunting for a playoff spot as well. Yeah, yeah. They had a huge yeah. drop-off after Stewart left, but it's rare that you see championship teams, second-tier teams, sell their best player to to a rival. Um, I remember after he scored that goal, what did we do about, about 20,000 in Portman Road at that time? Started singing, singing, thank you very much for Marcus Stewart, the old Quality Street yeah. advert theme tune to the Huddersfield fans. It was brilliant. Yeah, that's the yeah maybe a bit of a sliding doors moment for Huddersfield, but for the for the wrong reasons. Let's talk about us, Seb. Um, the big debate is who replaces Morsey. I don't think I don't feel any the wiser after Tuesday night. What, what's your take? No, yeah, I mean logically, if you want a most direct replacement positionally, Lee Evans is the one to come in, isn't he? You know, he plays slightly deeper. He won't be the all action snapping around like Morsey is, but he'll be positionally disciplined. Or do you shift Longo across to that role? Huh? He'll be what? Positionally disciplined. Okay. okay well, you shift Luongo across that role and bring in Jack Taylor. You know, Taylor, I thought, struggled to get into the game against Southampton. I thought his touch was off a little bit. And he wasn't really at it, but then he unleashes that absolute worldie on Tuesday night. But in his role, he's more... Well, at Peterborough, he was a box-to-box. McKenna's spoken about, you know, him kind of pushing forward and getting involved in the attacking third. So it's an interesting one because that will rely on Luongo taking the disciplined role, which I think Luongo could probably do. No problem at all. What what would you do? Would you? How was Evans on on Tuesday night? I didn't think he was able to 
yeah, make as strong a contribution as I think he was probably hoping. You know, we know okay. we know that Evans likes to drop in and spray those diagonal balls, which he's really good at. And and maybe that, you know, maybe that is an option for us um, against Huddersfield. I don't know to you know bring the likes of Burns into the game of Broadhead maybe a, a little bit as well. But I, I just kind of think that Taylor kind of deserves it for the world. It sounds weird. Yeah. No, we spent, I, we spent big money on him. So, you know, he kind of, he, there was a three game week and he got some minutes against Southampton. He wasn't great. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, is he going to get his, his second chance? The only, the, the only question about for me and, you, and you've kind of alluded to it, um, is, is the leadership aspect. Obviously Morsey, uh, is, as a player, is it kind of a, a, an eight out of 10 every week, as we know, but is also a leader on the pitch, sets an example, drags everyone's standards up. Is, is Taylor ready to do that job? I'm not so sure. Is Lee Evans maybe more fitted to that aspect? Yeah, well, Lee Evans was the captain when Paul Cook signed him, wasn't he? Before Morsey joined those, what was it, half a dozen games before Morsey entered the entered the building, Lee Evans was the captain and he kind of has assumed that role when he's played in the in the cup games. He's kind of the... I don't know if he's officially the, vi- the, the vice captain, but he's kind of unofficially adopted that role. He's probably more vocal. He's more experienced than, than Jack Taylor. But I guess you'll be looking at Luongo on the weekend when you to fill that role and demand the standards. And, you know, if, if Lee Evans doesn't play, I wouldn't be surprised if Luongo takes the captaincy. You know, he was so good last week. He's just got better and better ever since he's been here. And, and if he was captain, I would expect him to be the one to kind of, you know, drive those standards from the middle of the park, snap into people if they're, if they're not at the same level, maybe not to the same degree that <laughs> he does um but really look to yeah like you say drive the quality drive the standards and be mckenna's got an on-field on-field general it's an interesting one what he'll do i mean don ball could play there as well i'd be surprised i think I he's like more Dumble, now but right back he, he was right back on Tuesday. yeah he's more now seen isn't he as kind of a, a right-sided center half or a, or a right back i can't remember the last time he featured in in central midfield even in these cup games he's been playing right back with Danassian's injury but but he's an option as well so it's good to have these options i think if i had to Call it right now. I think being in a away game, he might go Evans and uh, Luonga. Okay. But the um, the thoughts in the chat generally going for, for Taylor, we shall see. Michael quite rightly says missing Morsey will tell us a lot about the team. Obviously, True. we talked about the challenges that the team have faced in, in coming, you know, the, the, we haven't mentioned the word adversity, but the, the players are mentioning it now, aren't they? And they're running towards adversity. But Wolves and, you know, dropping a 2 0 lead, a, a two goal lead to, to Blackburn was definitely some adversity, wasn't it? So it'll be interesting to see how we how we deal with that. Uh, Rob quite rightly talks about um, Leaf should be available. Leaf Davis should be available. Medical team must be miracle workers. He's twice finished matches looking like he could be out for weeks, but here we are. Um, other, what relief than- that is, because we all feared the worst, didn't we? Uh, Sheffield Wednesday away, the way he went down and people were really, really fearing the worst because he's absolutely crucial. I know we've brought in Brandon Williams, a Premier League player. Williams but- was excellent on Tuesday. Yeah, he's getting better, isn't he? More and more, the, the more he plays, the fitter he gets. He's getting sharper and sharper, and he's come from a Premier League academy. So he's a good understudy, but Davis is so crucial to the way we play, and you've got that set-piece threat as well. And to have him back on the back on the grass, to have him back on the grass and featuring uh, so soon after that, that injury, which looked pretty bad, is yeah a huge testament to the medical team. And, and no other... Obviously, we're in another three-game three game week. We've got Hull on Tuesday, Preston next week. Any other rotation that you might envisage with, with those games in mind? I guess it will do something, won't he? Maybe with the, the I guess, Hull and Preston are going to be difficult games given the way they're kind of started the season. Yeah. If you look on paper at the at the, at the, at the table, this is the, the Huddersfield game is the easiest one of the three given where they are in the league. But the Darren Moore factor of a new manager and his opening game at the at the stadium does kind of caveat that a little bit. I assume we'll see some kind of rotational stuff. Maybe Davis can't do the three weeks. We've spoken about Burns recently. Uh, maybe he can't do the three, the three game weeks or Broadhead tends to struggle a little bit in those kind of 
three game weeks as well. So maybe Hutchison in for Broadhead on Tuesday night against uh, against Hull and Broadhead back in for the game against Preston at the weekend. Sure. Yep. Um, and you know we um we we maybe seeing Christian Walton next week as well. So and to Anzabi, apparently they're both going to be available for selection. So I assume Walton will be back on the bench for Hull and Preston maybe as their backup subkeeper. And then at some point there's going to be a decision made. What would you do? What, what's your opinion on the Hlaki? Walton debate. I've seen a lot of it on social media. Is it Hlaki's shirt to lose? Is Walton the established number one? What would you do? I, I'm not going to make a lot of friends by saying this, but I'd put Walton straight back in goal. Okay, so you um, and me agree. I, I would do the same. Yeah, I, I think Hladki has been excellent and has done more than, you know, in terms of our expectations of, of what might have been the situation, you know, based on what we knew about him previously, it was a it was a risk, wasn't it? But he's yeah. he's definitely proven that he's capable. He's I, I love I love how he basically camps out when, when we're in an attacking phase. He's basically camped out on halfway line. Definitely um in terms of a contribu- um possession is has been a really key contributor to that. We saw that with the third goal. Obviously, it starts from him passing out the back despite a few people having um <laughs> shitting a brick when he was doing it. <laughs> But I think some of the communication with the defence, some of the command of the area has not been as good as what we've had with Christian Walton in the past. And for that reason, I think Walton is generally the better keeper as well. But we now know we've got a more than capable deputy in Kladke and he'll probably play at Fulham, won't he, against Fulham? And yeah, do you think, do you think, that's, why he start, do you think that's why he started against Wolves, Kladke, as kind I, of I, like... I think maybe it was because of um, Slicker's inexperience against the Premier okay. League team. It's probably... Probably what I thought, but fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I read it. Let's in the know, chat. Um, yeah, it's an interesting debate, isn't it? I mean, you're you're suggesting Walton as well, yeah. I think so. I think you know uh, how good he was last season. It's his, you know, his ability to come out and claim the ball from corners. That you know, his aerial ability, his vocal. I think we might lose something in terms of. I don't think he'll be on the halfway line like Lackey is. You know, looking to mm. start things off straight away. I don't think that's maybe naturally his game, but he's been so good for us for the eighteen months, apart from a you know a dodgy spell of a month or so, maybe in the uh, in the winter of last season. I think he's the established number one. We all went into panic mode on the eve of the season when it was revealed to be out for a, a couple of months. And yeah, for me comes back in and Clackey chuffed he's had this opportunity really happy for him because he came in under difficult circumstances didn't he you know under Paul Cook he had no no consistency in in front of him in the defense and he kind of looked looked nervous as hell and dropped out so really pleased he's had this 10-12 games run Um, and and like you say we now know we've got an absolutely brilliant understudy who if anything does happen to Walton in the future then can come straight back in pleased for him but Walton for me is the is the number one yeah I think the chat David Rob, Colin, Michael, um, there's definitely a sense. I think that we want uh, Steve as well, Walton to return there. So yeah. we should wait and see. And obviously, Kieran McKenna is the best place to make that decision as well. So we shall see. Um, but yeah, as, as FPL Track says, I'd have Walton, but there's no need to rush him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah I presume well. it'll be on the maybe on the bench for one of the games next week at Portman Road, and then it's the international break. So maybe you look to start him in the first game after that, which must be Rotherham, I assume. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, it's a good call. Um, we will go to predictions next. So get, give us your thoughts on predictions for Huddersfield v Ipswich and any other games that are happening this weekend. Worth noting, as always, we're brought to you in partnership with the Greyhound. Um, excellent pre-match venue. We will be there in big numbers um, next Saturday ahead of Blue Monday live at Portman Road after the Preston game. Um, our mate Gab Sutton will be down and I think joining us for a bit of pre-match. You'll be down as well, won't you, Seb, in yep. advance of the big one in the evening. So, yeah, next Saturday will be a fun one. We'll be um, having an enjoyable pre-match at the Greyhound. We'll be watching 
Preston, a top of the table clash. Not sure anyone was predicted that in the summer. <laughs> and then Blue Monday Live. And you can still get your tickets for Blue Monday Live um, with Luke Chambers. Happy birthday, the day we record Luke Chambers' birthday. Uh, Ipswich legends. Um, and we're so delighted to welcome him to the live event. He'll give us his views on Preston. And he'll give us um, his views on his Ipswich Town career and footballing career. And he'll be answering your questions as well. So that, along with... Um, seeing the team, um, Ben, Dave, uh, Seb and I, uh, I think Craig should make it, Joe might make it, um, and Mikey as well, we'll all be there, um, hang out with us after the game, we're in Beatty's Bar um, for extended, Got extended opening. opening hours, so you don't need to leave, there's no need yep. to go into town and find something to eat and come back, you can just stay at Portman Road all the way through, we'll start slightly earlier than last time and it'll be a great evening, so yeah, come and see us for a night of drinks, football chat, the legend that is Luke Chambers telling stories. It'll be absolutely brilliant. Yep, yep. And uh, if you don't want to, if you want to head out and get some food, that's also you're fine as well. You can head back into the Sir Bobby Robson suite after the after the game as well at 7-ish. Uh, we start at 7.30. Tickets are our tenner plus Vs. Um, they're not they're a couple of quid. Um, BlueMondayITFC.co.uk for the tickets link or our socials. Um, I think if you're on YouTube, you can find it in the chat as well. But we're really excited. We've got a lot of stuff planned, games and all sorts. But it's just a great opportunity, Seb, to hang out with Ipswich fans. You know, hopefully off the back of a positive week and hopefully a win for the first time in three attempts <laughs> of one of our events. Um, but just good to have, um, yeah, good to have a natter and chamber will be great, won't he? Absolutely, yeah. Come on. Has it been two one ones, isn't it? The the Will Keane last minute equaliser for the Stoke game in two thousand and nineteen, and then one all against Cheltenham. Was it last last year? I yeah, think it was. maybe. Yeah, was it the wild game where Kamara hits the post in the last minute or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So. Dave, quite rightly, and I said this myself. Kamara and Luongo's sorry, Kamara's chance that hit the post and Luongo's goal against Blackburn. <laughs> yeah, exactly identical situations. Luongo yeah. gets it on target. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a, a yeah good hark back to the good old the dark days of Cheltenham. So yeah, um, do join us there. Um, if you want a discount as well, join our Telegram group. You can have a free trial for a couple of weeks. We'll be none the wiser. Um, and then you can um, hopefully hang around maybe afterwards on Telegram. But yeah, um, do join us for that flagship show. We'll be back Sunday night. Ben in the host chair. Um, Dave and Craig are both travelling up to the um, to Huddersfield. So they will give their first-hand views of the game. And yeah, three-game week next week, as we mentioned. So uh, Nine Huddersfield. points. No, it's easy these well, days. Well, there you go. Colin's already got in there for you. So Colin's Colin already knows, it. yeah. Nine knows points. Score. Um but we'll be, you and Michael will be back after after Hull on Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, and I will run up Spring Road and be really sweaty and give you my take from inside the ground. And then we will have a podcast next Sunday. It might be a bit of a skeleton crew, but obviously we've got the live event on Saturday night. But we'll do we'll do some Preston chat next Sunday as well, usual time. And as always, thank you to everyone who's joined us in the chat. It's really bubbly and busy as you'd expect at the moment. Do give us a thumbs up whilst you're here on YouTube. It does make a massive difference for us. And if you are listening on podcast afterwards, do give us a five-star review. Give us give us a written review if you fancy as well, but the five stars really make a difference as well. So thank you everyone for your support. Numbers are great at the moment. Long may that continue. Hey? Um, it's a suggestion that things are going in the right way on the pitch as well. Let's do some predictions, Seb. And I won't, I won't linger on this it's too long, but um, I won last week by three points, courtesy of a West Brom nil, Millwall nil prediction. That's, that's, that's how you want to win these days. You know, it's kind of like score. 
you may have won, but what's the overall score? So you're, yeah, you are still have a six yeah. point lead. Yeah, there you had is. that good twelve point week where there it is. Me over. No, you didn't. There it is. Um, so yeah, me and Jules struggling a little bit behind, but I'm winning on rounds. You're winning on points. So let's see how things might change this weekend. Any games that you want to pick out? There's some. Well, I got excited night. with the yeah when I was doing the, the the list for them. I got excited with the first two, thinking, oh, it's going to be a weekend of big fixtures. But then after those first two games, it kind of dropped right off for me. So obviously, Sheffield Wednesday, Sunderland's on telly tomorrow night. I mean, if Isco doesn't uh, Munez doesn't get a result there, surely Chanziri's going to fire him, isn't he? He can't be he can't be long for this world if he can't get a result there. I've gone for a Sunderland victory. I've gone for a uh, uh, a two nil. We all agree that's going to be the case. We've all predicted that Wednesday won't score again, and then Southampton. Where do they go from here? You know, invested heavily in Russell Martin and bought in all his philosophy and he's kind of a long-term project, not a short-term fix to get you back to the, the Premier League. He's got informed leads coming to town, which is just what you want when you're on a dodgy run of form. And we've all gone for, yeah, relatively high scoring. Me and, is it Jules again from Telegram this week? Yep. Me and Jules have gone for 3-1 victories. You've gone for a 3-2, but we're all predicting leads to add yet more pressure on to Russell Martin there. Yeah, that could be uh, who. That's <laughs> the two early games are kind of like who's going to get sacked first, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the international break is looming as well, so these guys have got maybe a week, a week to save their jobs, haven't they? In terms of other games, Hull Plymouth an interesting one. Obviously, Plymouth off the back of that six, 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 two win. That was brilliant. Got higher and higher and higher. That was great. Um, yeah. Um, so it'll be, and obviously they're the opposition on Tuesday night as well. Norwich return to home, hoping for a, an improvement in their form, but we're not. Oh, Jules has predicted a Norwich win. Jules. I thought, I've never thought I'd see the day Jules does that. Jules, have a look at yourself. And um, <laughs> yeah, never mind. But otherwise, as you say, Blackburn Leicester might be a bit of a goal fest. Um, I've gone for a two or draw. You've got Leicester win there, as, as has Jules. That's on Sunday. But the main event, and I uh, I need to have a, I think Darren Moore is going to contrive to do something annoying against us. I'm going for a one or draw, Seb. Give me your working on your 1 0 victory for town. Uh, Ipswich Town win 1-0 away from home. That was the sole basis of that's my working. working. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. No, I just think it'll be a tight good game. Sample, I think. Well, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a tight game. And I understand what you're saying, but I just think our quality will, will shine through. Sometimes a 1-0 can be, you know, it can look on paper as being a bit of a, you know, holding on, grind out result. But I think it might be a bit more like the Sheffield Wednesday one where it's pretty comfortable in all honesty, given they're pretty blunt in attack, I would suggest. Not great at home. I understand that, you know, new manager bounce, Darren Moore and all that. But I just think... Think that you know McKenna will outcoach him yet, like he does most weeks these days. And Morsi missing will be a big blow. Is that, is that factored into your thinking as well? Um, a little bit, actually. Yeah, Darren Moore's got a bit of a hoodoo over Kieran McKenna as well, but then so did Sheffield Wednesday until a few weeks back as well. But yeah, I just think it was more about more of a reflection of um, it's Darren Moore's first game at Huddersfield, yeah. and I just think sometimes the ground, the 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 atmosphere, the emotion sometimes gets teams over the line where where normally you wouldn't expect it you know if it was a neil warnock t- team i'd kind of be we'd be saying oh it's going to be a tough game but i still expect us to win and because it's a new manager situation i just kind of think that new manager bounce effect might might come into play but in terms of us having nothing to fear i totally get where you're coming from and if you want if you want an interesting omen the referee is jeff El- eltringham he was a referee for the qpr one nil win as well so okay 
your one nil prediction has some has some logic to it jules is going for a two one um we'll be back next week to see how we've got on but let's see what folk are saying in the chat plenty of predictions coming in which is great uh chris is going for a two nil our mate chris in new zealand um steven's also going for a two nil um and chris is predicting a nine point with all oh, the confidence is high Colin's going for a 2-1. We've got a 3-2 from Kev. 1-0 Town. Charlie's agreeing with you, Seb. We've got a 5-2 from John <laughs> B. There you go. Um, uh, here's Dave Diamond. Keep the 1-0 away run going. Um, Colin Norwich, uh, 1. Birmingham, 9. That's what we want. Hello to Sam, your mate. Hello. Um, good to have you back with us as well. Um, Dave has quite correctly written nine in brackets for us if we didn't know that already. Um, I think that, and then it, to finish it off, um, Rando's going for a 5 0 town win. That's what we want. Uh, here's an 8 5 from FEO Tractor. The scores keep coming. I think, Seb, they might not be taking it seriously. I don't know about it. Um, David, thank you so much for your support. As always, to the podcast, a super sticker there. We really appreciate that. Three euros. Um, if you want to do likewise, there is a super chat button in the chat. But we just appreciate you guys being here. A thumbs up on YouTube. We very much appreciate it. And thank you to the folks who've given us a thumbs up on Facebook. James, Jason, Justin, Matt, and Stephen. We see you. We love you. We appreciate you. Any more? Matt Macon. There you go. 3-0 town from Matt. Um, any other questions from folk? Get them in the chat. We'll do some shout-outs before we say goodbye. Uh, I've got a question about Darren Moore's first and second game record, Seb. Can you get on your phone and quickly do that while I pray the, pray the, the kind of bumper out? Um, I can if you stall for time, yeah. Like, yeah, like I wanted you to stall for time when I when you did your come on you, please, at the end of last week. So we'll be prepared for that. We'll be professional. But let me buy some time for Seb Philip, and we'll see what we can find out for you. But we'll be back next week to see how we get on with the predictions. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this week. Uh, if you want to shout out, if you've got a question, get them in now. We'll do as many as we can before we say goodbye. Just to remember, uh, thank you to the Greyhound for their support. Um, do join us for Blue Monday Live. It's next weekend. Get your tickets to avoid disappointment after Preston. BlueMondayITFC.co.uk or the link in the chat or on our socials. Come and chat with Luke Chambers and all of our podcast team. Uh, the flagship show will be back Sunday evening, 8 p.m. live. Ben, Dave and Craig doing their best to deconstruct Huddersfield v Ipswich and hopefully a positive win just for Ben's buoyancy. I'm not sure he can get even more buoyant than he was after uh, Blackburn, but we shall see. Hopefully he has cause to on Sunday. And as always, please give us a thumbs up and a review on podcasts um, if you uh, so wish. Um, Seb, have I bought you enough time or do you want me to put some more comment, comments up? No, I think we're good. I've, I, I think, don't take it as gospel, I think he lost his first game 2-0 to Coventry, who obviously faced in midweek for a bit of a parallel and then Who's won his first... Right? Sorry? Who was this that was Sheffield Wednesday, the last, the last club he took charge of. So this is January the 20, Sorry. Yeah, January 2021. Loses 2-0 away at Coventry and then wins his first home game 1-0 against Preston, I think. So obviously played Coventry midweek, didn't beat them one or draw. And if, yeah, hopefully the, the second result won't come true on Sunday, uh, Saturday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there you go. A bit of insight. Probably the second game is the one we want, but we'll find that out. We'll tweet it out maybe. Um, so thank you everyone for watching Sharon. Thank you for all the Huddersfield. Thank you, Sharon. Appreciate that. Thank you, Colin. Um, got four, one prediction from Paul. There's a lot Thanks. of confidence there. Uh, Michael, uh, thank you for, thank you for joining us, Michael, the best from Oz. Yeah. Love that. AD, thanks for joining us as well. Oh, there you go. There's a question for you. Said, where will we finish? Oh, oh David's going summer, straight to it. 
in the summer, I said ninth, uh, based on it. I thought we'd flirt with the playoffs till about kind of March, April time and fall away a little bit. Given how we've started and how we're going to get another nine points this coming week, we'd have to almost have relegation form by the end of that to finish outside the top six. So I, I think the playoffs are, are on their way, I think. Oh, don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. Uh, cheers, Dave. Thanks. Um, I hope you've enjoyed watching on for once. It's quite like, I described it like watch, watching someone else drive your car kind of thing. It must be for Dave <laughs> when um, I got involved in the podcast and now now we've got the Thursday night show. Um Burwellian, Vaz on three three yellows. Is there a possible case <laughs> to get him to five? Pick up the suspension. And, well, well, there you go. Yeah, a bit of time wasting on on Saturday. We shall see. It's an interesting theory there. Um, FPL tracks with Kieran McKenna managed the UK's Eurovision entry. Would we win? Yes. There you go. Um, thank you, Seb, for all, for your quick phone research. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. David, Rob, appreciate everyone there. Seb, um, I will. I'm ready with the outro this time so you can say goodbye to everyone i was cursing you when it went to 3-3 against blackburn uh, yeah. i was cursing you <laughs> thinking this is all on you but thankfully the uh, massimo stepped up and spared your blushes doesn't it doesn't matter anymore we're just so good enjoy the weekend guys let's keep the run going hopefully nine points coming this week i'll be at huddersfield mikey's there craig's there dave's there so come and say hello Ooh. to us uh, if you're out and about i'm not sure what the pre-match venues are but if you want to come on telegram we'll let you know where people are going to be before the uh, the game kicks off it's a great time to be a town fan enjoy it as long as we can come on you blues It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.